Praise be to you in peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So today in our text for meditation is Psalm 23. Many of you know it by heart. I invite those of you who do know it by heart to, to join me in reciting that psalm. We'll use the King James Version. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Friends of Christ, today is a special day for a number of reasons. It's Mother's Day, the day that we set aside to honor and give thanks to those who endured the pains of childbirth to bring us into this world, who sacrificed so much to care for us, especially when we were infants. It's also Good Shepherd Sunday, the day in which we hear some of the most well-known most loved words of Scripture. Words that remind us that there is one who loves us even more than our mom, Good Shepherd Jesus, who willingly laid down his life for us so that we might have eternal life. As you just recited, I saw most of you saying that by heart. Isn't that wonderful that we have it up here memorized? Lord is my shepherd. So you think about those words, what word jumps out at you? I'm guessing it might be shepherd. Because that's a beautiful picture that we've studied, and that's what we call the Sunday, Good Shepherd Sunday. But we don't want to miss a very important word. Who is our shepherd? Lord. The Lord is our shepherd, the one who is the one and only true God, the one who created all things, the maker of heaven and earth, the one to whom everyone and everything belongs. He is our shepherd. The Lord, the almighty God, the one who has all power to do anything, the one over whom no one has power, the no one that no one can overpower in order to get to us to harm us. The Lord is our shepherd, the omniscient God, the one who knows what all of our needs are, the one who knows what's best for us better than we know ourselves. He's our shepherd. The Lord, the omnipresent God one who is always with us, the one who neither slumbers nor sleeps, so that there's never a time when we're alone. There's 
never a time when he's not watching over us. Because of those things, David says, I shall not want. Because the Lord is my shepherd. There's never a time when I'm going to lack anything that I really need. It's always there and always able to provide. There's another word in that first line of this familiar psalm that we don't want to miss. The Lord is my shepherd. Just think of that. How did we get to have that perfect all-knowing, all-powerful, always-present God as our shepherd, the one who watches over us. Did we go shepherd shopping? Looking around to find just the right one? If that were the case, we certainly wouldn't have chosen the Lord because of our sinful nature. We would have gone after a shepherd who promised a life of ease. We would have been fooled by the shepherd who was really a wolf in shepherd's clothing who was just trying to fatten us up for the slaughter. Sheep don't choose their shepherd. The shepherd chooses us. Now that brings another question up. Why in the world would this perfect, wonderful God, this shepherd, the Lord, want us to be his sheep? We're prone to wander from the fold. When he gives us those green pastures, we tend to grumble and complain and think that the pastures of another shepherd are greener. No reason he should have chosen us to be his shepherd. We do foolish things that get us injured. We tend to fill ourselves with the fast food of worldly wisdom and entertainment. But when it comes to chewing on and digesting the meat of God's word, we get pretty lazy. All of us were worthy to be designated for the slaughter. But our shepherd is the Lord. God of free and faithful grace. The Lord God, who when Adam and Eve sinned, instead of designating everyone in the whole world to the slaughter, gave a promise of the Savior. The Lord, the God who, in spite of all of the disobedience and the complaining and the ungratefulness of his sheep, kept his promise and sent a good shepherd rescue us from the slaughter by offering himself to be slaughtered in our place. The only reason we can say that the Lord is my shepherd is by his goodness, by his grace. Not because of anything we have done. Our good shepherd, the Lord, provides for all of our physical needs richly and daily. As Luther taught us to say, he richly and daily provides clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, spouse and children, land, cattle, everything that we need for our body and life. But even more importantly, he provides for our soul. David said he restores our soul. When we realize that we have wandered from the fold, probably chasing after some worldly pleasure, 
And we realize now we're in big trouble. We're out there all alone, and we feel the hot breath of that roaring lion, Satan, breathing down our neck, ready to pounce on us. Our good shepherd comes looking. He calls us. He rescues us. Carries us back to the fold. And yes, he may discipline us. He may point out to us how foolish we were to stray off from his fold. He also reminds us that we haven't lost his love. He binds up our wounds with the healing salve of his forgiveness. He offers us his body and blood given and poured out for us so that we're assured that he's not going to leave us and forsake us, that we haven't lost his love, that our sins are all forgiven. Even when we are unfaithful, our good shepherd Jesus remains faithful all of his promises. Having been restored in spirit by the gracious assurance of our forgiveness, our good shepherd leads us in the paths of righteousness. Through his word, he holds up to us what his holy and perfect will is. He points out the things that he hates, the things that he wants us to avoid, the things that would be hurtful to us. He points out to us the things that are pleasing to him, things that are good for us. As he leads us in the paths of righteousness, he assures us that we are blessed even when as a result of following him, we have trouble in this world. Knowing that he is our good shepherd, that he has restored our souls through the forgiveness of our sins, and that he only wants what is best for us, moves us to give him thanks and praise, to honor his name. Leads us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Knowing that as he does that, we're going to proclaim his name to others. We're going to tell anyone and everyone who will listen that he wants them to be a part of his flock too. He has other sheep. He wants to bring them all into that flock. So we realize what he's done for us. We share with anyone and everyone who might ask. Jesus paid for their sins, too, that he wants to be their good shepherd, that he wants to rescue them from the slaughter because he paid for their sins as well. Because Adam and Eve sinned, because we sin, we all face death. The Bible says death comes to all because all have sinned. As the days of our lives lengthen and that shadow of death creeps closer, natural for us to have fears. As that shadow of death keeps creeping closer, it often happens that we're reminded of our sins. And the devil wants to use the shadow of death that way. He wants us to think of all those things that we did that were foolish, of all those things that we did that were sinful, all those things we failed to do that we knew we should have done. He wants us to despair. He wants us to focus on those things instead of on the Good Shepherd who paid for those things. But again, our Good Shepherd doesn't forsake us. Especially as the shadow of death grows near. We need to hear his voice in the word and sacrament. Hear his voice telling us through the gospel and word and sacrament that he is not going to leave or forsake us. That he came and offered his life to pay for every one of those sins that might still bother us. 
because he rose again from the dead. Even death itself has been defeated. Scholars suggest that David may have been inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this psalm as he was thinking about that time when Absalom rebelled and he was fleeing for his life. It seemed like Absalom had the upper hand. Humanly speaking, he should have taken over the kingdom. He had won the people over by his slanderous lies about David. He had the majority of the army on his side. He had the best advisors on his side. God prepared a table for David in front of his enemies. God arranged things in such a way that Absalom's rebellion failed, even though, humanly speaking, it shouldn't have. David was restored to power as king. And as David thinks about this, he's saying, my cup is running over. God is pouring blessing after blessing on me that I don't deserve. He's giving me what I don't deserve, the opposite of what I deserve. He's allowing me to continue to be king. More importantly, he's telling me all my sins are forgiven, including sins of adultery and murder. Still today, our good shepherd prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. They plot our downfall. They rage against us, against God, and against his word, but God is in the heavens and he's laughing at them. He has everything set in order. He has a table prepared for us in the presence of our enemies. So often when they think that they have won the victory and they've been able to silence what they hate, later, they see Christians rise and become even stronger than they were before. He anoints our heads with oil. He anoints us as his kings and his priests to serve him, to witness to him, even in the midst of trouble and persecution. He helps us realize that our cup is running over too, that we're not getting what we deserve. In fact, we're getting what we don't deserve. We too have the forgiveness of all our sins in Jesus. He's anointed us, enabled us to serve him as his kings and priests now and forever. Because the Lord is our shepherd, because he is the good shepherd who laid down his life for us, we say with David, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. My good shepherd will continue to provide all I need for body and life, not because I've earned it, not because I deserve it, but because his goodness and mercy, because of his grace. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When my life comes to an end, I have something wonderful, beyond what I can imagine, to look forward to. Because he is the good shepherd who laid down his life for me, his sheep. All my sins are paid for. Because he rose again from the dead, I can look forward to living with him in his kingdom and serving him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. In that place that he's right now preparing for me, that place where there are no enemies for the sheep, in that place where there is no sickness, death, where I can drink from the water of life, 
Bask in the glory of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God passes all